Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Montana State has a new announced quarterback and some NFL stuff and Chad Prather on the show. It is two telling the one is on 1029 ESPN radio outstanding to be with you here on a Monday afternoon. Hope you are doing wonderful. Good to be with you. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios across the state on SWX Montana television. Hi, how are you? We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Celia and online at Kurtz Polaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well. 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen to the stream. The stream is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can listen live no matter where you are, no matter what you're up to on your device, on your computer, etc. Stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to call, you can do that as well. 329-1899. Area code 406 for all of us. 329-1899. The phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Casey Bauman going to be the starting quarterback for the Montana State Bobcats. We will hear from head coach Jeff Choate, and we will hear from offense coordinator Matt Miller on the decision, which was announced earlier on this afternoon. Sound from their press conference coming up, and we will, of course, discuss that at length here in the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of every show, every Monday, all football season, right here. 60 minutes of football across the state of Montana, the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford. So we will start with that. We will continue that discussion. Also, what is Dennis Erickson's influence on this? Coulter, some insight for us via the Skyline channels uh, on uh, on that. And also, what are the most intriguing newcomers for the University of Montana football team? Who to look for, who to look at, and why? So we will get to all of that stuff in the next hour. We're going to talk about Hard Knocks, because why? Because it's the greatest show on television, that's why. 
And it has to do with football, if you did not know. Specifically this year, the Raiders. Antonio Brown. Frostbiting his feet. Frosting the tips of his mustache and a little bit of his hair. And now wanting a new helmet, which he did not get. And we will cover all that. And Coulter has more to say about Ezekiel Elliott. We will do that also at uh, 5.30 today. Chad Prather. He's coming to Missoula. A uh, If you don't know who Chad Prather is, he's a... He's an internet guy, a YouTube sensation, and uh, he does a, kind of a one-man show, a comedy show, a music show, a country music comedy deal, uh, and he's going to the Wilma tomorrow night, uh, and he will be there, uh, and he's going to be with us here today. We're going to give away, in fact, tickets to the show tomorrow uh, here in the first and second hour, so stick around for those. We'll look forward to talking to him as well. So there you go. There's the show, and uh, Tommy uh, Fallout from the Fair. Certainly we'll talk about that. Mumford & Sons, I know a bunch of people went to Mumford & Sons last night, Portugal the Man. Uh, I uh, took a little stroll over by the stadium myself yesterday to kind of check it out. wasn't going to the show, but listened in for a little while, so that was cool, uh, so we can get to uh, all that. Hi, Coulter. How are you? Don't answer that. Is $400 of, to pay a good deal or a bad deal for a lifetime supply of Olive Garden pasta? Lifetime? Lifetime. Unlimited pasta for life Here's the from issue. the Olive Garden for 400 bucks. If you are eating pasta for life, your life is going to be a short one. You know, so maybe it's not a bad deal or not a good deal because all of a sudden you, you get know, unlimited pasta, soup, salad and breadsticks forever, forever. You know, here's the thing is, you know, people have been bitten by this before where they get a lifetime warranty and then six months later. Oh, sorry, company out of business, you know. So now Olive Garden is, you know, they've been around a little while. So I like, don't you know, think you know, they're going out of business anytime I mean, soon. Well, here's the thing, though. If you're asking for $400 to eat for life, maybe you are going. I mean, maybe it's a swan song of sorts. No, it's all is, it's all bottom what, line. What do you right? got to do? Spokane? Is there one in Bozeman? There's one in Bozeman. Okay. Well, that, I mean, it does you no good in Missoula. If you're in Bozeman, Washington, Bozeman, okay, maybe. Uh, I, I just think it's too, here's what I'd say. Seems like a great deal, if you're asking me. Seems like a screaming deal. It also seems... You should get it for your son. No, it seems... I mean, then they will be out of business for sure. Just tell them that it's a present that's going to... Say, this is what you're getting for your next six birthdays. Forever. The the thing is, is that I just feel like it's, it's, it's... You know... Let's say... I mean, let's just go the whole way with it. Let's say somebody said, hey, $1,000... All the alcohol you'll ever drink the rest of your life as much as you want covered. You go, well, I'll write that check today. The issue is now all of a sudden the availability of it turns what was an enjoyable thing into a tremendous vice potentially. And it can go sideways on you real fast. And me with the all-you-can-eat pasta forever? Mm. Tina says no. I also say thanks, but no. And it's not about the money. It seems like a very reasonable price tag that you've associated with that. I just think that all of a sudden, like, there's going to be, it's just, it's, that's a bad way for me to go, you know, with the all you can eat pasta. So it's $40 million a year for the 17th best quarterback in the league. A good deal. We'll get into that in the next hour. No, that's a bad deal. It's a hard pass on that. Coulter, did you find it? What? The truck? Yeah, you lost the company. No, truck. I didn't lose the truck, you, bro. You lost the dude. If you have the keys, you were the last one that had it. You were the last one that had it up on the mountain. hundred percent agree with Tommy. Tommy obviously returned it. In fact, I saw it after Tommy had. Well, it. I never you saw it. I was only getting the keys without ever anyone identifying it for me. I didn't leave it on the top of the mountain, Coulter. 
<laughs> it's in the middle of the parking lot, dude. It's just not on our parking lot. It's in the grocery store parking lot. We found the it? Way. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh. so disappointing. I mean, all you have to do is ask Rhonda. Rhonda knows where everything is. See, I thought, so we, we had uh, we had about a 45-minute, uh, we're missing the company vehicle, which Coulter needs desperately today and it's just gone and by the way you've been victimized at your own building by walking outside and had your own car towed away from your own house by the people never been so mad so so if there all of a sudden was a situation in which the car had been stolen uh i would have i would have been an interesting show you red hot even more red hot than normal like the big lebowski you know where he leaves the car and the uh in the handicapped towing spot with the million dollars in the briefcase. Where's the car, dude? Well, it was in a handicapped spot. Perhaps it's been towed. You know it's been stolen. Well, that is a possibility, dude. Anyhow, uh, glad we've located the truck for you. Should we talk some Montana State football? How about we talk Montana, Montana State? How about we do the Montana football hour? It's a great idea. Montana football hour. It's been going for seven minutes now. It's just been sort of camouflaged. And some other talk. Montana Football Hour brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula and Coulter. Uh, news that we anticipated in terms of the timing of it and, and Jeff Choate saying, uh, look, man, we want to make a decision and we intend to make a decision after the first scrimmage about announcing a starter at the quarterback spot. And they have done it. And it is redshirt freshman Casey Bauman who is uh, getting the keys to the car, as it were. Something that you know a little bit about. And uh, and Tucker Rovig will back him up. And uh, what I want to do is play for you some sound uh, first from Jeff Choate, and then we'll talk about that, and then a little bit from Matt Miller as well, the offensive coordinator, uh, about this decision. You can hear it from them first, and then we will uh, we will discuss that more specific more specifically. But just quickly, Coulter, your initial just initial reaction when you heard, okay, it's Casey Bauman. Uh, uh, I thought outside way outside looking in that's the right choice what did you think well first of all i thought when jeff cho put the timeline on this thing that they would get to august 10th and then august 11th and that they would say we need more time then i watched fall camp and studied you know what i think matt miller wants his offense to did look I like not turn it back on is that what happened there i shut off the the camera i'm gonna re- request that you keep going because culture's gonna yeah, yeah, if, sorry. If I screw this up anyway. Okay. Sorry, Tommy walked in, fixed a one issue, which clearly was me not turning the camera back on. Okay, my apologies. Please continue. Montana State is never going to run an offense that isn't centered upon running the football down mm-hmm. people's throats. Mm-hmm. It's what Jeff Choke calls their DNA. It's what he wants. I think Matt Miller, with his Boise State influence, people people always, I, I don't really know why this is. There's a misremembrance of what Boise State's offense was. Kellen Moore was so prolific because he played so much. He, play, he threw for so many yards because he started so many games. But he was never a 400-yard-a-game guy. He was a 250-yard-game guy. He just happened to start 60 straight games. He started every game for four years in a row. Prolific accuracy, though. But... Definitely, he's very accurate. But Boise State, the the Statue of Liberty play that they ran to beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, mm-hmm. 
that's Boise State's offense in a nutshell. Doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Running all sorts of trick plays. Playing multiple guys at quarterback. Having all sorts of crazy packages. So it's not a surprise to me that that's what Montana State has been doing. They just haven't been able to have what is going to be the essential key to their offense this year moving forward, and that's if a guy can throw the ball down the field. If you remember from last year, when conference play started, Troy Anderson started running basically the straight-up wing tee, and he was coming off a hand injury that he suffered against Western Illinois that cost him to miss two starts. That's when we first saw a glimpse of Tucker Rovig, which was very bad in the first half against South Dakota State, okay in the second half against South Dakota State, but it didn't matter because they were down 35 nothing at SDSU. Uh, and then was really good against Wagner. And then retrospectively, you, you look back and think, okay, well, team from the Northeast Conference, none of those guys that were playing defensive back in that game would play for any team in the Big Sky. So, mm-hmm. grain of salt. But Rovig looked okay. But against Portland State, against that flex defense, they had a very systematic game plan. They wanted to just use Troy Anderson to bludgeon Portland State. And Troy Anderson rushed for the second most yards in a single game by a Big Sky quarterback. The following week, Against Eastern Washington, Troy Anderson banged up. He didn't look like himself. He, he got sacked multiple times, and he, he was not a guy that got sacked at all last year. I think he got sacked four times in that Eastern Washington game. He only got sacked seven times all year long. Then the Idaho game rolls around after the bye week. They had internally been preparing Tucker Rovick to start that Idaho game, and him and Troy Anderson were going to split reps. But then that never happened because Tucker Rovick got stepped on, foot's broken, now you got to roll with Troy Anderson. But when Matt Miller took over as offensive coordinator, they went from throwing outside bubble screens on first down to throwing 50-yard bombs on first down. And Troy Anderson, you can criticize his passing abilities all you want, but the last six games of the year, Troy Anderson got good enough to hit one or two deep passes a game. And when if you, if you do it, especially early, it sets the table for your entire offensive flow. Montese hit a 50-yard bomb to Travis Johnson, the first play of the game against Cal Poly. Not a coincidence that Isaiah Defonse went on to rush for 232 yards in that game because they're on their heels the whole time after that. Now, every time you run the zone read, okay, the corner's biting. Everybody's hesitating. You don't really know if this is going to be a shot. The, the shot down the sidelines to Travis Johnson in the Grizz game, that was what sparked the comeback in the Cacarez game for Montana State. So just being able to hit one of those passes made it so that Montana State went from being a 25-point-per-game offense to a 39-point-per-game offense with Matt Miller coordinating the thing. And if you're scoring 40 a game running the wing tee, that's unbelievable. Now, Casey Bauman, he can throw that deep seam. He can throw that fade. I'm not sure if he can go one, two, three, get through his progressions and make the proper check down. I'm not sure if he can throw the quick slant or the deep hitch or the deep out or the media, the, you know, the skinny post. I don't know. I'm not sure he can throw any of that stuff. But I do know he can throw it down the field, and that's what Montana State needs. And I expect their offense now to look very similar to what it did last year, except for with a six foot seven guy throwing the ball down the field. So to answer your question, I was I was surprised that they actually were able to pull the trigger today. But I do think that's what's best for their program. And the fact that they pulled the trigger and picked Bauman, I was not surprised by that. All right, here you go, Jeff Choate from earlier today on the decision. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. 
Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Long story short, uh, we did have a meeting with the, both the quarterbacks yesterday. We have made a decision on who our starter will be moving forward. I think that was really important in the grand scheme of things for our team. And I was really impressed with both young men because we talked about it and I said, hey, you know, I'm not so sure that there's a body of work here, a huge body of work that's going to say this, that, the other thing. But I think that what's best for our team right now is to make a call and move forward. And both of them agreed. They both, both felt like, yeah, you're right, coach. I mean, I think in fairness to Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson and our tight ends and our offensive line, for us to start to, to get the reps that that individual is going to need, um, that's going to be important. I say that keeping in mind that three of the four teams that made, made it to the playoffs last year from the Big Sky Conference had to use two quarterbacks to get there. In Weber State and uh, Eastern Washington and even us, we had to have two quarterbacks to get there. And I think we're really fortunate to have two quarterbacks that our kids are confident in, that they trust, but we are going to move forward with Casey Bowman as the one right now. Okay? And so uh, that's, that was a tough conversation, obviously, to have with Tucker. He handled it exactly like I thought he'd handle it. Coach, it's what's, I understand. It's what's best for the team right now. I'll be ready when you need me. And so that's kind of where we're at on that. I think we had a, one of our best practices today. And I think that was probably part of it. it. was our guy, you know, there's not a lot of clouds hanging over it right now. Our kids know what direction we're going. They're going to be supportive of Tucker. They're going to be supportive of Casey. And uh, we've got that decision behind us. And that's why I think it was important for us to make it after the first scrimmage and not drag it out another week. We get that out of the way. We talk about it as a family. And then we move forward. And so I'm happy to make any uh, to answer any questions if you guys have any. Is there anything Casey did in particular to, to separate himself? You know, I think it's just it's not any one thing in particular. It's a lot of little things. And I think one of the little things that really became evident to me was uh, I felt like he was he was starting to kind of take command of the huddle more frequently. And certainly that I've made that clear that that was going to be a large part of my decision was really how the players responded and not that they responded in a negative way to Tucker at all. That's not the case. Um, it's just a, that if, if you want to go with anything, more my gut feel. So you also, do you feel like this, that, that position battle is completely closed? You talked about two quarterbacks in the mix there, but in the next, you know, even up to the first three games, do you feel like there's an opportunity for Tucker to still be in the mix there early on? Well, I, we're always competing for everything that we do, but bottom line is I can't, and I told Tucker this, I mean, I can't, if I named you the starter, you wouldn't want me to say you're on a short leash. I don't think that's fair to that individual, and I think that we have to do what we need to do to support them. Um, if there becomes a time where we feel like the best thing for our team is to make a change, you know, obviously that's something that we'll discuss at that moment. But right now, uh, I don't want that individual looking in the rearview mirror. I want them looking straight ahead, knowing that they've got the full support of the staff and their teammates. You, you mentioned Tucker's physical skill set. There's not a lot of guys in, in football history who really look like that. Can you talk about his physical uh, intangibles and some of the things that you've seen in your football career kind of relate to him? I mean, Tucker or Casey? Oh, sorry, Casey. Casey. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the one, the one comparison I've heard used a couple times is Joe Flacco, who has also, you know, finished his career at the FCS level and uh, a big guy. But I actually think Casey, if, I think Casey moves better than, than you think. And so, um, yeah, you don't see a lot of 6'6 six, six plus guys playing quarterback. But, uh, you know, I think he's got a unique skill set. He's a very good athlete. Mom was a collegiate Division One rower. Uh, you know, dad was a good athlete, and he's – 
Um, yeah, I mean, he was a three-sport athlete in high school. There's a pretty cool viral video of him, you know, shattering a backboard on a dunk. And I just think he's got a unique skill set. I think that he, we can do some of the plus-one run game, and he's going to hold up at 235 pounds. He runs better than you think. He's certainly got the arm talent of an elite quarterback. So there you go. Jeff Choate talking about selecting Casey Bauman as the new uh, starter for Montana State. A couple of things there that jumped out to me, uh, Coulter, is when talking about, you know, is this still an open competition was the question. So, you know, something along those lines, which is still a competition and, and sort of sort of in the vein of all college coaches, the answer is always yes. But the reality is that it's not, uh, as far as what Jeff Choate said there. He said, you know, this is this is now Casey's job, and we're going with him, and we're going to roll with him. In the future, maybe something happens where, you know, we got to reassess that thing. But but he's won, Tucker Rovick's two, and that's the end of the story. The decision's been made. I find that interesting because, first of all, it would have been very easy in that moment. And also in sort of a even if it's untrue, kind of a life raft throwing move to Tucker Rovig, who is, you know, was brought in to be the guy is the older of the two players. And, and, you know, has once again, not been selected to be the starter. It's got to be a very, you know, difficult thing. It's certainly a very disappointing thing for him personally. It's easy enough as a head coach to say, you know, it, it definitely is open. And if Tucker all of a sudden moved forward and, you know, overtakes Casey Bauman, uh, Bauman then, then that's what we're going to do. But he didn't say that. And I thought, that that was uh, smart on uh, Jeff Cho's part because the, I think that there is a, a tendency to all of a sudden start moving the chess pieces around the board. You know what I mean? And start, you know, okay, well, it didn't quite go the way we wanted it to go. Let's try something else. Let's try something else. And on one hand, uh, I think if you have a design in place that allows for, you know, if you're a two quarterback system place and everybody understands that that's what you're going to do here, then that's one thing. But if, but the, the, uh, pulling a guy because he's not playing as well or you think you need something more out of the position and all of a sudden now this guy's, you know, feeling like, you know, maybe he's losing some confidence and all that kind of thing. And now, you know, Tucker Rovig comes in who knows how well he plays or doesn't in, in that situation. I just thought that that was a to, – to set it up as this is a, a final decision and until further notice, I mean, in which we don't anticipate, this is what we're going to do. Casey Bauman's the guy. But that was uh, – uh, pretty direct by Jeff Choate in that moment. Montana State's quarterback position has been highly scrutinized since Jeff Choate took over. And I think that some of that has been misfounded in the narrative has become that Choate does not know how to recruit or develop quarterback talent. And to me, the biggest issue Montana State has with their quarterbacks is that they don't know how to cultivate continuity. They don't know how to make a safe spot for a kid, basically. This all goes back to the dominoes that we've all, we've talked about this forever, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Montana State's quarterback situation got thrown into complete disarray when Dakota Prukop graduate transferred to Oregon right after Jeff Choate got hired. Mm-hmm. Jeff Choate rolled the dice on a guy who had already flamed out at, at two different schools and then was pr- at a junior college, most recently in Tyler Brugman. But I also think that the 79-yard touchdown run that Chris Murray had coming off the bench against Sacramento State was the, perhaps the worst thing that ever happened in the quarterback position at Montana State because that moment showed the flash of what Chris Murray can do, how unbelievably athletic and talented he was. Right. It also then made Tyler Brugman look over his shoulder. 
And people forget, Brugman became not good before he got benched because he lost his confidence. But Brugman was just fine. He, he, was, he was solid in Montana State's opener against Idaho. He was pretty good against Bryant and Western Oregon, which you should be because those are two teams you're supposed to beat. And then he was damn good the first three quarters against North Dakota. And then he threw two fourth-quarter picks, and Montana State lost that conference opener 17-15. to That UND team went undefeated in the league and went on to win the league. The Cats, mm-hmm. in their first conference game under Jeff Cho, lost by two. And Tyler Brugman threw two picks in the fourth quarter. One to Cole Reyes, one to Deion Harris, the two best DBs in the league that year. And then the next week, they were at Sac State, and they lose a shootout, 41-38, but Chris Murray rushes for almost 180 yards, running the package stuff that they had for him. Now, all of a sudden, you created yourself a quarterback controversy when you didn't previously have one, and now you got a 17-year-old kid in Chris Murray who is not even close to ready to play in the mix. And now you got the veteran guy who's already had it all wash away for him at both Washington State and Louisville looking over his shoulder. And so then by the time Tyler Brugman goes 2 of 9 to start against Northern Arizona, now Murray's the real guy. You start playing back and forth. As soon as you go with Chris Murray as a starter against Weber State, Tyler Brugman's done. It's over for him. He's not coming back from that. But Chris Murray's not ready for that. So now they've been in flux. And then all of a sudden you have all this, this... you have a quarterback in Chris Murray that's not running Courtney Messingham's offense. Now Messingham is pursuing other opportunities. Now he leaves in the offseason. Now you have a, you know, you promote Brian Armstrong within. So much lack of continuity. They've had four offensive coordinators. They've had four quarterbacks coaches. When Casey Bowman makes his first start against Texas Tech, they'll have had five starting quarterbacks already in four in the fourth year. So there has been no continuity. The only guy that wasn't looking over his shoulder. For any portion of a time, was Chris Murray in 2017 because Tucker Rubik was redshirting and there was no one else in the program. I think it would make it's going to make a difference for them to actually develop a guy. I also think that Matt Miller is a huge difference maker in this situation too because I I just I can tell by interviewing Jeff Choate and by just observing practices that there's just a lot more continuity and there's a lot more confidence from Jeff Choate in Matt Miller. Choate. Choate, let's be honest, I think meddled a lot in the offense the first couple of years. I think he's satisfied to not meddle in the offense with Matt Miller at the helm. And that's why I thought that Casey Bowen was going to be the guy because I thought that was going to be Matt Miller's guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, Montana State's quarterback play couldn't be more one-dimensional than it has been the last three years. And it couldn't have been more lacking in continuity in the total picture. So if they can figure out how to lock this in and just take the good with the bad, Casey Bauman's going to make mistakes. He's a redshirt freshman. I just think they got to figure out how to live with it and build around the kid rather than having him look over his shoulder all the time. The thing that's interesting about this is exactly what you touched on. I mean, he's a freshman. And even though he played, you know, a half a game or whatever it is last year, you know. He played one series. Corey Anderson rolled his ankle against Cal Poly right before the halftime locker room and Casey Bauman milked the last 54 seconds off the clock. Yeah. He only threw one pass. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is that he's got four years to to play potentially. And look, who knows what's going to happen? Everybody, you know, around, you know, the University of Montana thought they were set with Gretch Jensen for the next four years. And then, you know, he's one and done when it when you have a coaching change. Uh, who knows how good or not good Bauman's going to be if you haven't seen him it won't take you long to go, oh, well, yeah, looks like the dude can play. Like like you said, 6'7", can rip the football. 
Um, so he's got he's got the stuff that you can't teach. The question is, does he have the stuff that you can teach? And it sounds like some of that stuff is coming for him. But over the course of time, this is a kid who could develop into an outstanding, potentially elite Big Sky quarterback. The thing that's odd in this particular situation, though, is Montana State is ready to win now. They got the defense to win right now. A veteran group that is ready. They got. Uh, they've been, you know, building the last several years. Their offense, in terms of you know what they have on the offensive line, what they have at running back, skill position players, even you know at wide receiver, which I think people don't appreciate how good you know uh, Johnson potentially say could be as a wide receiver because right. they haven't had anybody to get him the ball to showcase what he could actually bring to the table on the outside so nobody talks about the Montana State wide receivers in you know the landscape of the big sky but really to me I I don't know how good they are that, that it's a, a very open question. I think they could be very good if given an opportunity and maybe he provides that the issue is like you said as a redshirt freshman, he's going to have bad days. He's going to he will probably lose Montana State a football game or two over the course of the year because that's what happens when you're a young kid. Can Jeff Choate and the staff be okay with taking those lumps for the long picture? And do they feel like they have a long picture given the fact that this team wants to be the team that's ready to go right now for Montana State? Well, that's the thing. I think that that's why this is so much on the coaches and not on Casey Bauman because I think that Montana State needs to do everything in their – if you're the Montana State coaching staff, you need to do everything in your power. There's two ways to negotiate the quarterback position, particularly at the FCS level. Do you want a guy that's just going to manage a game or do you want a guy that's going to win you a game? I think they need to make the decision to never have Casey Bauman be in the position to lose or win them a game, period. Every single other piece of the team needs to be what's winning them games. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that's not a, that's not feasible. It's just not feasible. <laughs> they went it's to the, the playoffs quarter. without throwing the ball last no, year. No, no, no. But, but but my point is, but who was in the position to win them and lose them games? It was still the quarterback, just wasn't in the traditional sense of the quarterback, and that's that's why this happens. We talked about this earlier. Why is the quarterback decision? Are we having a press conference and the announcements going out and now we're doing, you know, 30, 45 minutes on this one guy at this one position? But if you had an offensive line battle and the guard got selected and it was this junior over that sophomore or whatever, it would be hardly even noticed. And the reason is because they are the difference maker. They're the most uh, 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 visible guy on the football field and they are the most hands-on guy on the football field touching the ball essentially every single play so we all know how important the quarterback is but that's why it gets this sort of attention certainly i just think that if you put a game plan together for casey Bauman to win you a game that's a flaw because i think that gives him a chance to lose a game i mean i think with the athletes montana state has realistically truly with Travis Johnson on the roster, Troy Anderson on the roster, Kevin Cassis on the roster, the offensive line you have in place, the defense you have, you you could feasibly only have Casey Bauman take half the snaps in a game even. He could be right. on the sidelines straight up, not even in the game right, right. for 20 to 25 snaps a game. Montana State, the way that they're built and the way they've operated the last couple of years, everybody always says, oh, if you play Travis Johnson at quarterback, if you play Chris Murray at quarterback, everybody knows you're running the option. So what? Stop them. Right. 
Yeah, they've been number. They've been one or two in the league in rushing for long. the last three yeah. years without being able to throw the ball. No, it's a good point. So like, if Bowman's not in the game at all, Trey Anderson's in the game, Travis Johnson's in the game. That's the game plan. Where then it's not all on Bowman. If you expect Bowman to go out there and throw forty-five passes, you're just tripping. That's not what you need to be doing if you're the Cats. It's two tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. It is the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of every show every Monday. It's brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Matt Miller, the offensive coordinator, who's obviously very tied up in this decision as well. Continue next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. they got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. they got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Alan Nuanes on the World Wide Web at 1029ESPN.com, Facebook slash ESPN Missoula. And for the best big sky coverage in the state of Montana, go to SkylineSportsMT.com. Now for the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. What would you say? You want to sing, Coulter? You want to do a little karaoke for the people here? No, thank you. Dave, bro. Cheer up, Buttercup. It's Two weeks. Dave. Yeah, tell him about it, Tommy. Come Two on. weeks. Tommy's not allowed to talk anymore. Oh. Yeah, After, if only you had the right to set that up. You don't. <laughs> you, you, between Tommy and I and you, you're the only one who has no control over what's going on on the show. I got a couple of buttons. He's got all the buttons. He can shut this whole thing down. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just shuts it off. It's done. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It is the Montana Football Hour. You're in the middle of it. Brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Again, Casey Bauman, the big news out of Montana State, will be the starter at quarterback. The redshirt freshman going to uh, take the reins under center or behind center or however they decide to set it up. Or perhaps, as Colton alluded to, perhaps on the sidelines quite a bit while they run various versions of Wildcat and Wing T and everything else they got over there uh, with all the uh, you know different different guys they got to uh, run various looks, various sets, and so forth. Matt Miller uh, was uh, promoted to offensive coordinator middle of the year last year. Uh, certainly Montana State uh, was better offensively in the second half of the year than they were in the first half of the year uh, with Matt Miller as the OC. He enters 
uh, this year for the first time as the incumbent OC and uh, his first kind of major personnel decision of his uh, of his young career. So let's hear what Matt Miller, the offensive coordinator, had to say about this decision and how he came on uh, came to it uh, with Jeff Chubb. I think he's done a really nice job from spring to summer to fall camp of just understanding schematically what we're trying to get done and taking what the defense gives us, uh, making good decisions with the ball in his hand, having that demand and command in the huddle where guys are going to follow him uh, every time he's calling that football play. Uh, in terms of this, uh, some of the intangible stuff he has on the field, um, he, he's got a really live arm, and he can make some of those throws down the field. That's going to help us be a more dynamic offense, be able to you know, run the ball and take our vertical shots. You talk about just his growth from Yeah, and so that's it's just crazy because sometimes I gotta remember he's still just a second year freshman, and um, it's a testament to him for putting the work in, being in my office a lot in the off season. Let's just talk football. Let's talk how defenses want to defend us. Um, Let's let's practice calling the play in the huddle. Let's 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 watch our day one install over and over and over again, where it's just come second nature to you, where you can get up there and run this position meeting. And I think a lot of it's just his work ethic. He came in, he wore me out, and um, it's, it's obviously paying dividends for him right now. As a guy who came in last year as, a, as an interim OC, now running into the OC position as a full-time, mm-hmm. how important is it to have a quarterback at the helm that you can really know who your guy is? How much does that help the offense as a whole? Yeah, I think it's big time. I think sometimes when you don't have that gunslinger who can do that, you, you kind of put some handcuffs on yourself. You know, um, now we've got, when we got a whole bunch of quarterbacks right now who are understand what we're trying to do schematically it just opens up the whole playbook you can do a lot more stuff with with those guys because you feel comfortable with them understanding what we're trying to get done um so it's a lot it's a lot more fun to coach because you're, we're not thinking oh, we can't do that can't do this it's like all right how can we get to the same stuff just different ways because our guys can handle it you talk about just um the difficulty maybe of the decision how tough it was yeah it was, it was a difficult decision and uh we're pretty fortunate to have that type of difficult decision and um you know, it could have probably gone either way, and, and Tucker and, and Casey are, are both good friends off off the field, which is even more important to me in terms of how this team goes forward. And I know Tucker's going to prepare like he's the starter, and he's going to push Casey, and they're going to bounce ideas off each other, and um, they're going to keep sharpening their swords, swords together, which is going to make us a better football team uh, collectively. And so, yeah, it, it was a tough decision, but um, it was a healthy conversation we had yesterday, and they both understand the plan, and uh, I think good things are going to come for them. You've been around football for so long. Can you talk to Casey's, Casey's physical skills and maybe think of something in football where you've seen someone like him? Is there anyone you can compare him to? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of comparisons. This is body stature. You know, being a Montana guy, um, he, he reminds me of the stature of, of Brock Osweiler. You know, um, Brock and Brock had a strong arm, um, very football savvy. Kind of had the same moxie as Casey and. I knew I knew Brock because uh, we're about the same age, and so this known his personality and Casey's personality is very similar. Um, but Casey's still got a long ways to go in his development. Uh, I'm not saying he's a, a Brock Osweiler type of talent uh, yet, but I think he has all the potential in the world if he keeps working like he's working. Um, that good things will come his way. So there you go. I mean, look, it's an obvious comparison when you talk about tall Montana quarterbacks. Brock Osweiler would be kind of the guy that you go to uh, when it comes to you know the moxie or the mentality I don't know about you know I, I don't know Casey Bauman at all I have no idea what he's like what his personality is uh, you know or, or, or what have you but certainly from uh, you know six seven and and slinging it around and you and I you know we've watched you've watched Montana State more than I have but I have watched them you know as much as I'm able as often as I'm able to and you know if you asked me Coming in, Troy Anderson, Tucker Rovick, Casey Bauman, or other at quarterback. 
I would have told you Casey Bob. I mean, he he is he has the highest ceiling at the quarterback spot, and he has it with, with the struggles that Tucker Rovig has had. I think you go in there and you go, hey, let's make it happen with this guy, and maybe he's the long term solution. And all of a sudden, four years of up upheaval. Maybe this is the platform for four years of absolute certainty at quarterback. Now we understand injuries and all that stuff. It's 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 a guarantee. It's not an it's a when, not an if situation. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, maybe this is an, uh, a, a turning point in the history, at least of Jeff Choate as the head coach of Montana State, where you look back and go, "Hey, that day, that Monday in August, when when they made that decision, that opened everything up for uh, for what was to come in a good way for Montana State's football future." I have not seen Brock Osweiler throw a football live since he was 18 years old. I did watch Brock Osweiler throw football live many times. He's the exact same grade as my brother. They competed against each other throughout their whole lives. I mean, the the, the two best, there was three AAU teams that were like really, really good in Montana. The one from Missoula that had my brother and a bunch of his boys on it. And the one from Kalispell that had Brock Osweiler and a couple of the other. Ben Cutler was a really good player on that team. He went, went on to be a star at Carroll. And uh, the kid for, uh, and the the team for Great Falls that had Josh Houston on the, the Great Falls Select. I'll bet that team was pretty good. I mean, people forget, man. Brock Osweiler was way better than Josh Houston in high school at, bas- at basketball. Now, I'm not talking a little bit better, way better he than was, Josh Houston in he high school. To Gonzaga, to he was basketball? he was verbally committed from his freshman year on. Yeah. So here, so let's let's take a little tangent. That was interesting that Matt Miller compared Brock Osweiler and Casey Bowman personality wise. I don't think that's accurate. I don't know Casey Bauman well. He's not like he's not like Brock Osweiler. What, what, what the the persona and the sort of um, disliked guy that Brock Osweiler yeah. has become. That's actually not new. Brock, uh, it's ironic because if Brock you talk Osweiler. To anybody who was around Brock Osweiler, the athlete back in the day, it wasn't a lot of love. Brock Osweiler. Was a freshman when I was a no. He was a freshman when my best friend Paul was a senior. I was a, a grade out of high school, but I went to a game and I watched Brock Osweiler. He used to say this to all sorts of people. He said, "Someday you'll be watching me on TV." He used to always say that to people when he was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So he was a petulant little guy back then too. Also accurate. It's also right. He, I mean, he made it happen. I mean, seventy-five mil don't lie. You can say whatever you want about Brock Osweiler. Seventy-five million does not lie. Mm-hmm. But well, it might lie a little bit. Actually. But it's it's ironic because you think Brock Osweiler is from Kalispell, Montana. Well, he's not actually from Kalispell, Montana. His dad's from Spokane. They, he just grew up in Kalispell. But Brock Osweiler, although he's from a quote unquote rural place, had an unbelievably high level of exposure. He was the anointed athlete of Montana from his eighth grade year on because he was six seven when he was in eighth grade. I mean, the, the kid got an offer at Gonzaga's basketball camp going into high school and committed. And then when his when Dennis Erickson, who former Montana State quarterback, who was then went up to Arizona State, when he first caught wind of Osweiler, then all of a sudden Osweiler was getting recruited by everybody in the country. Bobby Bowden came to Flathead, the kid at Kalispell. How crazy is that? Bobby Bowden from Florida State was in Kalispell, Montana to recruit Brock Osweiler. That is a world away from where Casey Bauman's at. Casey, Casey Bauman's from Everson, Washington. He's from the Nooksack Valley. He's from northwestern Washington in the middle of nowhere. The guy played an even smaller level of high school than you could that, than you would compare to AA in Montana. He got seen by no one. He was recruited by nobody. And after he had signed with Montana State, he went to 
the Northwest Elite Camp in Seattle, and he got awarded the top gun at that camp. He was there with guys that were signed to Washington, Washington State. I mean, the Sermon kid at Washington who's made all sorts of waves. Casey Bauman was rated as a higher guy than than the Sermon kid. And and, and Jake Sermon is, is considered, you know, a four-star recruit who's the future for the Washington Huskies someday if he can find his, you know, footing because he contemplated transferring the offseason. That's here nor there. But Casey Bauman is way more of a diamond in the rough than Brock Oswald ever was. The other thing I'll say is, I have, like I said, I have not seen Brock Osweiler throw a ball live in person with my own eyes in 10 years. But when Brock Osweiler was 18 and Casey Bauman was 18, Casey Bauman has a stronger arm. He does. He has a stronger arm. That's It's crazy to say. And I'm not saying he's a better quarterback. I'm not saying he's more accurate. Just in terms of the velocity that the ball comes off of Bauman's hands, is as, is as it's as strong of an arm as I've ever seen in the Big Sky Conference. Seriously, bar none. Period. And I think that's why you have to roll with the guy. I also think what Matt Miller said there, you need to be able to build your offense around a guy. I think that's why you have to make a decision. I think that's why this is going to be essential. But you know, I was going through thinking about tall quarterbacks. Brock or Casey Bauman is going to be the, the tallest quarterback tied for in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Mm-hmm. Brady Gustafson's Brady the, Gustafson, old, right? the other yeah. former Montana Grizzly, the only other six foot seven guy. I was going through other six foot six or taller quarterbacks. Is Dalton Steed on the list? <laughs> and it's it's not it's not a who's who by any means. It's a what could have been by a lot of means. Ryan Mallett, Sean Mannion, John Skelton, Matt Schaub was pretty darn good. Jamarcus Russell, huge bust. Joe Flacco's the best of the bunch by far. Mm. Paxton Lynch at this point a bust. Mike Glennon at this point a bust. Brock Osweiler. I mean, at this point, you gotta say it's probably kind of a bust. So. There hasn't been a ton of success at the highest level of football for guys that are the tallest of quarterbacks. But I also think that what Choate said there in that interview in the first segment about how Bauman, Bauman work runs better than you think, he does. Now, I was saying this at practice the other day to some observers. As far as guys that are 6'7", 230, that can throw the ball like Casey Bauman can, and can run like he can, there's, I mean, you're talking 10 or 15 guys on earth like that. Right. Straight up. And again, how is this going to translate? How is he, how does he handle when Weaver State's running fire zone blitzes at him? You know, how is he going to handle when he gets smacked in the back against Texas Tech? I mean, he hasn't got hit in two years. How's he going to handle yeah, your first smoked. game and it's 170 degrees? I heard <laughs> 170, huh? That's pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, Culture, we talked about this uh, 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 in light of the defense last week, talking about why do defenses give up points? Not because they not because they can't make the play, but because they they make a mistake. Yep. Often, you could have Lawrence Taylor out there running around if he's running in the wrong direction because he gets you know he he makes a poor read. It doesn't matter who he is. Um. That is also the case here. So when you look at all of the things that you see with your eyes when you watch him throw, when you watch him move around, obviously the measurables and all of that stuff, what it comes down to for him is what happens when it's a fire sale bliss and it's Weber State, you know, giants coming downhill at you. What what is your what is your poise? What is your courage, if I might use the word in that instance? And just frankly, what is your ability to 
to be able to get the mental reps to slow it down. You know, every quarterbacks talk about this all the time. That every every level of ascension that you go through, the game moves so much faster than it was at the previous level. And can you get to a point where all of a sudden it slows down for you and you're able to see it and 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 uh, 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 you know run through the progressions, the mental progressions in a timely fashion and make the correct throw to go with the accurate throw and, and, and that. And also it's on Jeff Choate and Matt Miller, right, to create an offense that will allow Casey Bauman to be as successful as he can possibly be given that that stuff. Because, again, if this came down to simply a physical, you know, gifts and potential, there's not even a question. It, but but will he be able to get out there and make the right throw and make the right play? And if you can, then it doesn't matter if you're five ten or six ten. Like that is the key to the quarterback position. Being able to make the throw, then you know the the big throws. That's an added bonus. Very few of the guys with the strongest arms in NFL history became the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, and very many of the guys with not great arms at all. I mean, Tom Brady has a pretty good, but not incredibly outrageous arm. Joe Montana does not even really have that good of an arm. Joe Peyton Montana's Manning. just a phenomenal decision maker. Peyton Manning, no. he's spit it, but like he's not he's not Brett Favre. Favre's sure. the one guy who's like well, he's been a couple. Favre, Elway. Yeah, totally. But, but there's Jay Cutler. But, but there's also been exactly there's also been Jay Cutler and <laughs> Jamarcus Russell and Jeff George yeah, and yeah. guys that can throw the ball. I mean Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford probably has the best arm in the league right now. One of I mean Mahomes has the best arm ever. So yeah. <laughs> let's make no but mistake. Matt Stafford, yeah. But Matt Stafford has a hose and Matt Stafford is just kind of a middle of the road quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. It is two tell Nuanas. It is the Montana football hour brought to us by Lithia Ford. Quick break. Coulter. You and I have built our lives on communication, and one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter, and right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet voice and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now, and Blackfoot... They got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Continue in the Montana football hour, which we do the first hour of every show every Monday said that very it's hard for for people to understand what i meant when i said that not every show every monday show 
You get it. You start the week with it. Sutel Nuwana's broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coulter, tell the people again, just more clearly, the Dennis Erickson influence of this, just quickly. Well, Dennis Erickson won three Big Sky Championships as a quarterback at Montana State in the late 1960s and then launched what became one of the great coaching careers in the history of college football at Montana State. He was a graduate assistant for Jim Sweeney back in the early 1970s. Uh, and then his career basically led him to become an absolute innovator with the single-back offense during his time at the University of Idaho. And he parlayed that success then to having gigs at Washington State, Wyoming, and then eventually Miami when he had top-level talent, two-time national champion at Miami. But Dennis Erickson won Pac-12 Coach of the Year at three different schools in three different decades. And it's as Jeff Choate said the other day, to be able to reach kids from that many generations and to do that at schools like Washington State and Arizona State that aren't necessarily the Pac-12 powers. They're not the USC's of the world. They're not, you know, even the Washington's or Oregon's of the world. To be able to do it at Oregon State, Washington State, and Arizona State is darn impressive, especially considering the decades and times that he did it. He's a, he's a great coach, but he obviously recruited Brock Osweiler, so he has familiarity with tall quarterbacks. Derek Anderson was another one of Dennis Erickson's uh, products, mm. and Derek Anderson is a, a solid, you know, ver- like Decades long. I mean, he's been in the NFL yeah, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I talked to Dennis Erickson at practice last year when Casey Bauman had just arrived, he said, I could tell you right now, watch this kid for 15 minutes. That's a Pac 12 miss. No idea how he can read defense or anything like that. But the way he's built, how he throws it, it's a miss. So he believed in Bauman's talent and Bauman's talent. But Montana State, you know, I know Matt Miller has definitely confided in, in, Dennis Erickson a little bit. Dennis Erickson was at practice all week last week. And I I know that he was talking to the coaches and kind of telling them what his opinion was. Why would he be there if he wasn't going to, you know, do that? But that's interesting that Dennis Erickson was on campus there for the week and, you know, observing all of it, but presumably uh, specifically quarterback. So that's good insight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coulter, let's talk a little bit about the University of Montana. And as we get closer to August 31st. Can't get here fast enough. Uh, about some guys who are not necessarily new to the program, but maybe new that are going to be on the field for the University of Montana that you think uh, you know are going to be guys to watch. Gabe, Gabe Solser played a lot last year, but obviously he's a guy that I think a lot of is, is on people's radar and, you know, unbelievably fast, exciting kid to watch. Garrett Graves, I think there's a lot of questions about how much he's going to play and how he is going to be used, uh, in you know, in this what will be his redshirt freshman season. Uh, but there's those those are just a couple. There's a couple of transfers as well. Who are the guys that you think we should be paying attention to for the University of Montana that maybe we haven't had a chance to see heretofore? Here's my top 10 guys. I'll okay. count them down from 10 to 1. Of course. Number of course 10, Cordell Pilons. Okay. He's a junior college transfer uh, from Arizona, and he was here in the spring. He looked good, but he's looked really good so far in fall camp. He could solidify the interior of Montana's offensive line. Number 9, Braxton Hill, kid out of Anaconda, Montana, who gray-shirted, had a good spring, had tremendous offseason. He's weighing 225 pounds. I had to double-check my roster because he looks so good. He's put on about 20 pounds. Running well, looking good. Could be a contributor to an outside linebacker. Uh, and the thing that's interesting about him is as a, as a gray shirt, you actually delay your eligibility. So technically a true freshman, even though he sat out last season. 
Number eight, Cole Grossman, the other gray shirt. Cole Grossman was a guy that uh, was recruited heavily as a wide receiver slash tight end combo guy. Tremendous athlete, about six foot five, runs well. Well, they switch him to defense, and he's running with the ones as that kind of hybrid Leo outside linebacker spot. His length is unbelievable. His athleticism is un- unbelievable. If he can learn the nuances of playing defensive football, he could be a really special guy at that spot because of his frame. Number seven, I got Marcus Knight, the junior college running back. We've talked about him extensively on this show. Saw him during spring as well, but he, I think he needs to be a, a contributor at least for Montana in the run game for that to get going a little bit. Number six, Corbin Walker. He's a true freshman, and he, he to me, is the most talented true freshman of the defensive guys on the roster. He's he's really fluid. He's really competitive. He's really fast. And I still think, I know that Justin Calhoun and Darian Nash had better seasons than people maybe thought they could last year. But Bobby Howe could be the first to tell you. He said it before practice the other day. He said, we couldn't cover people like we needed to last year still. If we can, he said, the rest of the defense is quote-unquote going to be pretty salty. And I think that if, the, if Corbin Walker can give them at least depth, but maybe even more than that, on the outside, that could be pretty big for Montana. Number five, I got Mikel Tolliver. He's the transfer from Hawaii, cornerback. Same deal, same analysis. Just uh, he's a guy that has a little bit more experience. He's a former three star guy who was recruited by a bunch of teams in the Big Sky, and he was hurt at Hawaii last year. But a fresh start, that's never hurt anybody. Uh, so we'll see how he does. Moses Mallory was a guy that you thought maybe could change the complexion of an, the entire offense for Montana, the junior college offensive lineman. Uh, I thought so, too. I thought his tape was very impressive. He is significantly bigger and more overweight than I thought he was going to be yes. when he got here. I mean, you don't want to be too mean about it, but, I mean, the kid needs to lose some weight. He he He's too big. I mean, he, he is enormously big. He is gigantic. Um, but if he can, you know, he, he hasn't been in a program because Arizona dropped junior college football. So even though he had this sort of from last season until he reported – there was no football program to speak of that he was a part of. So, you know, maybe he just gets back into a college football training program and he gets back into the shape he needs to be in. But either way, if if he can be what his tape showed he was, that could also be a big boon for the interior offensive line. And then probably the guy that's a surprise of this list, all three of these guys, same position, all three of these guys I saw at the exact same time. We were at practice the other day and I said, hey, you said, we got to go. And I said, hey, give me five minutes. I got to run over here. I just got to put eyes on Joe Babros and Mason Vineyard, the two division, the, the two FBS dropdowns. Mason Vineyard's from Washington State. Joe Babros is from NC State. So I ran over to watch the D-line just for a minute. And Mason Vineyard is all of the six foot five, 230 pounds he's listed at. He's long. He's lean. He looks great. He runs well. Very athletically built. If he could make himself play like he looks, look out. Look out. He's good. Joe Babros looks just like I thought he was going to look. He's, you know, he is that. I don't know what it is about Mission Viejo, but there, I've covered no less than four DNs from Mission Viejo that just have the crazy tats, like the up and down sleeve. Mm-hmm. But like when, you, when you're 6'4, 216, you got that arm in the dirt, you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty, that's really intimidating. <laughs> uh, so those two guys both look good, and they're both. They're both uh, among my top guys, newcomers to watch. But the number one guy that popped to me was when I went over to look at those two. I did a triple take of my roster. I said, who's 59? Well, it's Milton Mamula. Milton Mamula was a guy that came in here with sort of a crazy story. He was getting recruited by a bunch of FBS schools, but then he got hurt. His dad is Chris Mamula. Chris Mamula was 
one of the, the first combine freaks, one of the first guys that went to the NFL combine and just blew up. You know, he was a, a good player at Boston College, but then he went to the combine and, you know, runs a sub 4 7 40. He's got 35 inch vertical. He's pounding out 35 reps on the bench. And he was the seventh overall draft pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. Injury riddled career, but it lasted for seven years. But he got to know Tim Houck during that time because Tim Houck was playing with the Eagles. So then when Mamula's recruiting dropped off after he had the season-ending knee injury his senior year, Tim Houck calls Bobby, says, hey, you need to look at this kid. Bobby starts recruiting him to San Diego State, then gets the Montana job, brings him to Montana. Well, Mamula, his shoulder injury was so bad last year that even in his mugshot on the UM website, he was wearing a sling. So he obviously like was not even allowed to take the sling off really for anything. Well, I walked up, though. The kid is equally as swole as Joe Avros. I mean, the kid is is muscled mm-hmm. up. He, I did not watch him do any sort of drill, but I had a triple take on my roster because I said, who is that physical specimen? And he's starting to look much more like his dad, which I think is a really, really good thing. And I think the roster has him up at 235 pounds now. And so, if I mean, coming out of high school, he was a guy that I thought had unbelievable upside. And if he could get healthy and stay healthy, which has obviously been an issue, he missed most of his senior year, and most of his first year of college, but if he can get healthy and stay healthy, that could be a guy that could really make some noise. He could be a, at least a rotational guy, but maybe a guy that really even competes for some significant reps up front on, well, on defense. I remember when when you know Montana recruited you know him, and you go, well, Episcopal High School in Pennsylvania, like how is this thing going? And then you find out, you know, oh, his dad, okay, Tim Houck, and you kind of put that together, and a guy who, right, he was, I mean, he was recruited by Michigan. Right, yes, to 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 go play uh, in Ann Arbor at, at one point, and so look, I mean, a lot of things go a lot of different ways, and you know, if injuries, you know, play obviously a big role of that in football, uh, but again, the upside that he brings is significant to the University of Montana. There's no doubt about it, and ha- has the pedigree <laughs> to 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 go with that as well. So it will be. It'll be really. Uh, uh, he'll, he'll be a great one to keep your eyes on. Coulter, thank you, sir. Very well done. Some of those guys transfer. So to me, the biggest factor then is how do they compete for spots and how do they fit into the fabric of the team? Because you don't transfer unless you you think you're going to play. But that's one thing that Jeff Choda's done by and large pretty well at Montana State is make sure that the transfers know that it's not a guarantee mm-hmm. you're going to play. Right. And if you're a transfer at Montana State that is entitled – You've been out the door. Yeah. And so we'll see how these guys react. But all the transfers that they brought in fill positions of need, certainly. And all of them, by and large, are pretty darn talented as well. Stu Tell Nuanas thus concludes this week's version of the Montana Football Hour. The Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula. Again, drop by on Saturday and, uh, and sign the truck for the Wounded Warriors Project uh, from 4 to 8 at Lithia Ford. Uh, of Missoula. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back hour number two. Before we go, though, I want to give something away to everybody. In about 25 minutes, we are scheduled to chat with Chad Prather. Chad Prather is uh, coming to Missoula tomorrow night. He'll be at the uh, Wilma, excuse me, yes, at the Wilma uh, tomorrow night. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, having him on the show. But, but until then, we got tickets for you to tomorrow's show. Two tickets right now, 329 1899. 329-1899. Give us a call. And you can get yourself a pair of tickets free of charge because we like it. To go see Chad Prather tomorrow night after Wilma. What's going on on Hard Knocks? 
we got to break this thing down because everything that matters in the preseason of the NFL happens on that show. Talk about that and AB next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 